LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Derek Hanna. And I'm Scott Sanders. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centred ministry every week. Scott, it's great to be with you. It is good to be with you face-to-face. And we, we just had this meeting this morning where Derek was uh, labelled the mad scientist. First thing you said to me. That was the first thing. And, and I'm thinking, look, yeah, there's a little bit of mad scientist about Derek mm. and his planting, you know, church growthy sort of thinking. But mm. but I'd actually more describe you as windswept. Wow. Oh, that's romantic, Scott. <laughs> that's really nice. Thanks, mate. I appreciate that. Anyway, the one thing is brought to you thanks to Reach Australia. Our uh, vision is to see thousands of healthy evangelistic churches multiplying across Australia. And we would love you to join that us in that vision. But for now, you press play on another episode of The One Thing, Inspiring Generosity. In fact, it's a three-parter, Scott. Yeah, Scott, why COVID's hit? We've spoken about this, I think, in a previous episode, about the challenges of bringing people back and all those kind of things. Tell me why we're speaking. We're doing three episodes on generosity at the moment. Well, it, it does seem strange because one of the things that we've seen through the last two years actually is that uh, churches' finances have largely been quite healthy. Partly that's been from government stimulus funding for those churches that have been able to get it. Uh, the other thing is being online forced a lot of churches to be more intentional uh, and, and move people to online giving. And we know, again, all the data says if you move people to online, they give more regularly, uh, you see the, see the money coming in. Um, but I've just got this, I've got this feeling that we've become complacent uh, over the last two years. And so have we done you know, the regular ongoing work that we need to do of reminding people to be um, to be generous, reminding people to be uh, giving to their local church, uh, giving to ministries outside of themselves. Uh, you know, I wonder in, in this context uh, where fear has played, you know, such a critical part to get us to be vaccinated, to get us to put on masks, to get us to stay inside, you know, and there's still that uncertainty sort of generally in the place where people are going, oh, maybe I won't be generous, maybe I'll hang on, who knows what the next 12 months are going to look like that you know now more than ever we do need to be speaking about stewardship we need, need to be speaking about generosity in our churches in order for them to continue to be healthy i also think as well now that we do we are coming back you know there's a real opportunity uh you know hopefully in the next six months to again do new things start new things all that requires often resources and and money to to get them done just acknowledging as i know you would they're pretty broad brush strokes not everyone's going to fall into those categories with that so there's always nuance within it um one of the things i do want to push into in this series as we go along was how does this conversation fit with a whole number of other conversations that people need to have and and where does it sit in the pecking order, if I can put it like that? I want to explore that with you as we go on. Anyway, so what we're going to do today is we uh, begin our three-part series. We're going to use a sermon on inspiring generosity by Chris Egans, who's a pastor at Foster uh, EC on the New South Wales North Coast, to get the conversation going. We think uh, Chris is a, a great communicator. He's an amazing evangelist. He's a, a godly guy. Um, and we think he's just helped, grasped some helpful ways to think about how we inspire generosity in the church. The first thing, we're going to play a few clips of a sermon that he had. The first thing Chris says in this sermon is that the gospel makes people generous. And this is just an encouraging story in here that we want to play. So have a listen. You've seen this too, haven't you? That the gospel makes people generous. I've seen this big time since uh, moving to Foster to Plant Coast, D.C. 
Uh, when we, before we moved to Foster, we, we held a vision night, invited pretty much every Christian I knew to, to come along and hear what the plan was and to invite them to partner with us. And there was one guy there, um, a, a uni student, a broker has, right? A uni student. And at the end of the night, he came to me and said, mate, I've, I've had a paper run forever and I've been saving up to buy a car. I've got 3000 bucks, and I'm going to give it. I was like, uni student, povo, generous. It's beautiful because he gets the gospel. All righty. Scott, tell us a little bit about what Chris has said there. He leads with this story uh, about um, the guy who saved up and then gives out of his, even the, what, meagre givings, which wasn't really meagre, but it was very generous. Talk to us a little bit about Well, I mean, this is kind of my story in the sense of uh, I had a paper run. You know, the first time I sort of started earning income was in in, uh, in year six. Uh, I was delivering papers with my dad and my brother had a run as well. And so we were earning, you know, I don't even know what it was, but it, it seemed like it was a what lot paper? of money. What paper? The Mossman Daily. Oh, the Mossman Daily. Daily. And Sydney Extra. Yeah. So Wednesdays, Thursdays, we, we delivered two papers a week. And uh, and I can, I can actually remember the first thing I bought. It was, a, it was a pair of Reebok basketball shoes. It was massive. It was the first thing that I'd ever bought. Sick, bro. Uh, it, well, I can, anyway, I can remember. Yeah, I can remember eking the life out of them. You know, going and buying you know rubber and resoling them early because they were just so special. I remember cleaning them with toothbrushes. So it was really, it was really important. Um, but not soon after that, I think my dad challenged me to be actually giving away you know some of that money to the church. And so I just started really going to youth group in term four. I had money, to, money to burn, but I had money to be able to give away. And and at youth group, I can remember, you know, we'd have a we'd have a collection, we'd have an offering, and, uh, and that was probably the first time that I, you know, sort of gave. Hmm. Yeah. The the thing that I think Chris helpfully reminds us in this story as he leads with it is that this is a spiritual question. So it's not just a, a financial question. And actually, getting back to the heart of that is is um, is a really key part for people who are leading churches and talking about this is getting uh, starting with that. This is not just a pragmatic question of how do I raise money for the next thing that I'm going to do. Um, this is a spiritual question about reorienting the way in which people see the world and what they have and what other people have in light of the gospel. Um, uh, now, so you mentioned before that you think people need to be talking about this more or thinking about it more. Why is you know when's a good time to talk about money? Uh, is it when people have lots? Is it when they have little? Is it in times of need, or what do you think? Well, I again, I think thinking, you know, I think he's a father. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Barefoot investor. He he talks about encouraging and teaching your kids about money. You know, there's a pot for savings. There's a pot for spending, and interesting. There's a pot for actually giving away. You know, so he, he's a secular book that even has a place for you know sort of giving away. So I think. Uh, I think as as parents, you know, you ought to be teaching your children about stewardship. Um, you know, so thinking thinking my father had on in terms of in uh, in church life, I think the only you know you don't want to only be talking about money uh, when you need to when you need to raise it or when you're behind budget. Mm-hmm. I think it needs to be a regular um, a regular uh, thing that you're raising. You know, so it could be a um, you know a monthly newsletter that talks about where you're at with with your budget and where you're up to. But in the context of that. There's an opportunity. There's a discipleship moment there to be teaching about money, to be teaching about what the Bible says um, about giving away uh, or being generous. Uh, so I think there's opportunities in that sort of discipleship moment, just in the, in the regular course. I mean, it's one of those interesting things. We um, we don't often treat it as a discipleship question because we're uncomfortable. You know, we're uncomfortable talking about religion, and we're uncomfortable talking about sort of you know politics, and we're also uncomfortable talking about money. Mm. 
Um, you know, we can talk about houses. You know, I, li- I live in Sydney, and it seems like that if you if you don't know what to talk about, you talk about the rental market or the housing market, or you know, if it's going up or it's going down, if it's not. But that seems to be we're happy to talk about that. And so I, I feel like it's something that we ought to be putting on the agenda, just just like we ought to be putting on the agenda. Um, you know, sex and gender at the moment. You know, that's important. Just like we ought to be putting eternity as well, so that we can actually locate. Uh, how we live in light of, you know, Jesus' return in the light of um, a, a long eternity without uh, without Jesus, if we, if we don't know Jesus. Now, we want to listen to Chris's second clip. Um, uh, just as we do, one of the things that struck me uh, as I was listening to Chris is reflecting on when I have, you know, when I was leading church, when I spoke about money, it nearly was reactionary all the time. Mm. Um, but that's the, that was just about me, not about people's spiritual, um, where they're at spiritually. Actually, people are always struggling with money. Some because they had too much, some because they had too little, some people admit it, some people didn't. And so the time to speak about money actually was all throughout those times, uh, not just when I needed it. Let's talk about uh, Chris's next point. He talked about language, the language of partnership, which is just really helpful, biblical as well. Giving the gospel is about partnering in the work of ministry, and he develops that idea uh, by talking about giving as credit. So let's have a listen to that clip. He says, given's a good investment. He says, not that I'm looking for a gift, but I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. He's reminded them that when they give, God will credit their giving somehow to their account. Now, when you and I look at our bank statements and we look at our giving, we see a debit in our account. Paul's saying, somehow in God's economy, when you give, there's like a credit in your account that God will somehow reward your giving. It's like your spiritual super fund in some weird kind of way. I don't exactly know what that, what that looks like, but there's, there's, a, there's a credit when we, when we give. God actually chooses to bless those who give. There's a reward. I don't know exactly know what it looks like. I think it's a bit like what Jesus taught about storing up treasure for yourself in heaven. He said, like, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and seal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and rust don't destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, so giving's good for us. It's an opportunity to show where our heart is, our priorities are, and God promises to reward it. All right, so there's Chris talking about partnership in the language of uh, partnering the gospel. Talk to us about that. How do we, th- how do we think through that as we're talking about finances? Yeah, I, I think this comes back to seeing finances and resources not from a, a human perspective, but from an eternal perspective. So again, uh, we have a generous, gracious God who has given us everything that we need. E- everything is His, um, and uh, we're required to steward those gifts and those resources to see uh, His purposes. And some of those, you know, a key part of that is loving, caring for my family. Uh, it's also loving and providing for my church family as well. And then being generous as well in the opportunities that I uh, have to be uh, generous. So I think seeing that we're actually partnering in the work of the gospel. Again, you know, Paul Paul uses that language in Philippians, uh, the language of, of partnership. Uh, and he sees really particularly not only that in the context of prayer, uh, of resourcing, sending people, but also in providing uh, financial resources as, as, as well. Uh, so to actually help people see that this is actually part of God's unfolding plan and these gifts need to be stewarded for you know his purposes as well I think is really important and and I think I think I mean our our internal sort of 
sin area, you know, sin is going to, our desire always to sort of be taking credit and to be uh, wanting to, to justify itself is always going to keep kicking in with this, you know. So if I'm more generous, I'll, I'll receive more. You know, uh, I, I, I know heaps of instances where I've, I've thought, oh, if I give this money, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll get back. We've got to keep reminding people that it's not, um, you know, this is not going to get you into the kingdom. Uh, this is not going to make you a Christian. This is this is a, again a response to the generosity that we've been given as well. And so I think it, around this area of money, you've got to really you know push into all the uh, areas. I think where where our heart and our desires you know push back on us. And we're going to explore that a little bit more in the moment. One of the things I always found awkward about this, and this is a mind shift for me, was whenever I spoke about money from the church, particularly if I was a sole uh, sole pastor, um, it always felt like I was asking money for me. I wasn't necessary, but I was because indirectly I was being paid by the church, and that always uh, I, I needed to reorient how I was talking to people about this. This is them partnering the gospel, um, but anyway, anyway, let's move on to that uh, little tricky thing that you just flagged there. Uh, towards the end of Chris's sermon, he talked about the idea that God God promises to meet the needs of gospel partners, um, and he says this you now Philippians four. You can have a look. My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory. In Christ Jesus. Now that's that's a tricky one. Let's have a listen to Chris and then we'll get your reflections. According to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. What a great verse. But you gotta hear this. This is not a promise for everyone. Remember the context. The Philippians were a poor church. Their generous giving was costly and sacrificial, and Paul's writing to assure them that God is able to meet their needs, even though they're poor and being generous. He's saying, just like you've faithfully met my needs, God will faithfully meet yours in Christ Jesus. He knows what you need. He can strengthen you. You can be poor and generous and content in Jesus Christ. What a great promise. All right, now, let's unpack this a little bit. Um, what are you seeing? I've got some thoughts, but Kendi, your thoughts as well. Yeah, well, it, uh, it's not a one-dimensional problem. As I said, I think, I think it's something that we're always wrestling with the gospel, aren't we? That uh, we want to work ourselves uh, into the kingdom and money is another one of those places where we can exert influence uh, and we know we can't. It's only the cross that saves, but... Uh, there's that sense if I'm more generous, I'll 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 get back. Um, so uh, you know, I think it's it's complex. I think it also there's a whole bunch of other things playing in it, uh, just in terms of how we you know how we see and have viewed money, you know, based on our on our upbringing and our and our um, and, our, and our family background as well. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the idea of need, because you do need to be sensitive around this. You, some people are uh, in the context of our society much more need than others, depending on what you're looking at in terms of need. And so you think in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, food and shelter are absolutely critical, they're crucial. Now we happen to live in a country where most people have access to that, not to say there aren't problems, but we're pretty fortunate in Australia that to not have to deal with that issue, but there still are significant needs. There's still suffering and there's still lack, uh, there's still existential uh, trauma and drama and psychological suffering. And so I think one of the things that as I was thinking about this and what Paul's talking about, and he's talking primarily about, I think, physical need there. Mm. But you read the rest of his letters and what he's seeing is uh, much more than the physical needs, there is a spiritual need. And so we need to help people see how the gospel answers those questions as well. 
Uh, we can't say become a Christian uh, and your financial problems will sort itself out. No, that's not what the gospel says. Um, you know, you can't give them a hope the Bible doesn't give. That's just a prosperity gospel. You also can't leave people in despair either, either um, that when Paul talks about that the gospel will just be answer your needs, that there is no hope, because that's not true either. Partly it's what, what hope does uh, Jesus address now, and that is a deep, eternal longing for who we were created to be and who we need to be in relationship with, but also that eternal hope that we can have. Uh, it's, you just got to be sensitive about that, but it's a real spiritual truth. Mm. Let's finish with uh, this clip from Chris, just reflecting on the idea that giving is a fragrant offering to God. Now, one of, the, one of my favourite smells to come home to right, is roast lamb. There's a lamb bacon in the oven. How good does that smell? Oh, it's just a fragrant offering, isn't it? See, Paul's using this language of Old Testament sacrifice here. That, that their gift is, is a fragrant offering to God. It's like the, the smell of the burnt offering, the roast lamb rising up to God in his nostrils and he's going, that's good. Our giving is a fragrant offering to God. It smells to God like roast lamb. All right, there we are. Um, Scott, what is the one thing that you want to say about inspiring generosity? Regularly take the opportunity to disciple people about money. Okay, excellent. Scott, what's in the toolbox today? Well, we'll provide a link to Chris Eakin's full talk. I think a really useful resource for pastors talking about money is to listen to other sermons about money. Uh, you have the opportunity to sort of reflect on how you talk about it. And so I think that's a really helpful thing to do. So have a listen to his talk. It's a cracker. Second thing is a book called Giving Generously by Rod Irvine. He's got some really practical tips about speaking about money and uh, and this whole topic. And, you know, it's going to be a key resource as we, uh, as we push into this over these next few episodes. The final one uh, is a talk actually that Rod Irvine gave where he actually pulled apart a giving sermon. And, uh, and it'll be in the show notes. Again, I think it's a, fan, a fantastic resource. And I've seen my own pastor in my church uh, use some of these tools to inspire my generosity each year. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us for the first of three episodes on Inspiring Generosity. Um, let me remind you, just as we finish, a couple of things. One is the Reach Australia National Conference, reachaustralia.com.au. Go and sign up, May 16 to 19. It's going to be excellent. It's going to be great to be back together. We're still planning on being together face-to-face. That's what we're working on at the moment. Uh, but reach you go and sign up for that. Also, if you're interested in gospel coaching, um, then we have gospel coach training coming up very soon in March online. You don't need to travel anywhere, but again, if you go to reach uh, you'll see a link to that. Go and check that out. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. I'm Derek Hanna. I'm Scott Sanders. Chat soon.